Well, happy February, Melissa. We've made it. Happy February, Kyle. It's a busy month for us here at CMAA. We are we are getting ready for World Conference and busy little bees over here. Um, so we've got a lot on our plates, but we wanted to spend some time this month and talk about some new and exciting stuff that we have going on um, that isn't conference, <laughs> even though conference is very exciting. Mm-hmm. Um, so we decided to chat a little bit about our newest, um, I would say it's a member benefit, right? These communities, mm-hmm. um, but it's also uh, an, a non-member benefit, sort of. Um, we are excited to announce the launch of our subscriber-based communities. And in this episode of the podcast, we're going to do a deep dive into the new club wellness community, um, which our guests will give you lots more information on. Um, But we talk a little bit about that and we talk about wellness and some of the wellness trends that could be things to look for for the next year. Um, Yeah, I think we want to talk to a little bit about our guests, Melissa. Sure. So we are thrilled to um, have two people integral to um, the Club Spa and Fitness Association, which has now evolved into the club wellness community with us today. So not only to talk about uh, the community moving forward, but also um, talk about club wellness and what's new and what what's trending. So uh, first up, we have Lynn Colleen Hearn, CPT, the principal partner with Club Wellness Evolutions. And throwing it back to 2007 with the founding of the Club Spawn Fitness Association, Lynn served as its founding president. Um, and she served on that board for nine years and was awarded a Lifetime Achievement Award for her work in 2016. She's actually originally from California. Um, she's worked as a wellness professional uh, with developers in Mexico, opening the first ever resort along the Cancun Tulum Corridor in 1988 and was part of the evolving spa and wellness industry on the Mayan Riviera, where she served as a consultant for the developers of several destination resorts and spas. Pretty awesome. Yes, very. <laughs> now, in 1998, uh, she opened the first wellness center at Lost Tree Club down in Florida, where she offers, oversaw two expansion projects, followed by the design development management of a 14,000 square foot wellness center in 2013. She served as a director for almost 20 years and led a team that revolutionized the wellness lifestyle experience at the club. And in 2018, she co-founded Club Wellness Evolutions, a consulting firm dedicated to assisting clubs with the development and progression of wellness facilities, staffing, and operations. And we were also joined by our colleague and sometimes podcast co-host, <laughs> Catherine Lord. Um, you all, you know, our listeners are familiar with Catherine. Uh, she's worked tightly with the Club Spawn Fitness Association um, over her time with CMAA. But, you know, as we've transitioned um, the Club Spawn Fitness Association into the club wellness community, Catherine is our director of community operations. So she's overseeing everything that we're doing within these newly created communities. But Catherine joined us and Lynn to talk about the club wellness community, what's on the horizon for that group, and what's on the horizon more broadly with other communities coming down the road at CMAA. So we are 
really excited about this conversation. It was wonderful. And I think, you know, we learned a lot and Lynn had a lot of great perspective to share with us um, about fitness and wellness trends in the club space. So without further ado, here are Catherine and Lynn. We are thrilled to be continuing our annual tradition of focusing on wellness in January. And so we are thrilled to have Lynn and Catherine here with us to talk um, one of our favorite topics. There's a lot going on in this space, in the CMAA space. So we're going to dive right on into this. So Catherine, tell our listeners about the club wellness community. Well, it would be my pleasure, Melissa. Thank you so much. And thanks so much for being here too, Lynn. Um, so the club wellness community is one of our two recently launched CMAA special interest communities having evolved from the club spa and fitness association. The club wellness community offers um, club professionals interested and engaged in wellness an opportunity to connect, learn, and engage with one another around this central hub, which is really based online. And within the community, we provide resources, virtual and in-person events, an online networking and discussion platform called Connect, and we'll have an annual summit all centered around club wellness. This community, like our others, is subscription-based, so CMAA members can opt in as a part of their membership or non-CMAA members can subscribe for a $100 annual fee. So it's a pretty great deal. And so, yeah, we're really excited about this next chapter for club wellness and for CMAA, integrating this community um, within the whole network. Um, and then we're really excited for our existing and new subscribers and for the industry and where we're headed. I wanna just chime in and say, I love the idea of these subscription-based communities because I think, um, you know, what we've done over the last several years at CMAA is really focused on the idea of club management as like a, a broad career path and not necessarily this ladder that, you know, you just work up rung by rung by rung until you're the GM. Well, in fact, club management is actually more like a jungle gym and there's all sorts of ways to come into uh, the, the career path and into clubs. And in looking at it that way, you know, it's important to recognize these different verticals that we have and wellness yeah. and fitness is one of those verticals. And, you know, in order to make our association uh, more accessible to more people, creating these subscri subscriber groups really kind of opens that door. It's, it's like, here, have a taste of what CMAA can be. Um, you know, the barrier to entry is a lot lower the subscription fee is, you know, much more affordable perhaps than full membership in the association. And it gives those subscribers either exactly what they're looking for and the amount of, of value that they want, or it gives them that little taste of like, oh, wait, there's a whole lot more here for me to, to, to dive into. And if I wanted to take that next step, now I already have made inroads and I can do that much more comfortably. So I think, I think this is going to be fabulous, but I'm really excited for what's to come for the the club wellness community specifically, and that's what we're here to talk about today. Um, so Lynn, I want to jump over to you. You know, Catherine mentioned that the club wellness community has come out of what used to be the Club Spa and Fitness Association, and CSFA was founded by you in 2007, um, you know, which in many ways feels like just yesterday, and in other ways feels so long ago. <laughs> 
Um, can you talk to us a little bit about, you know, like, are the issues that the industry was facing in 2007 still relevant today? Are we still seeing a lot of the same stuff or have things changed? Yeah, well, thank you so much for that. And I want to say, too, when CSFA was founded, it was I happened to be the founding president, but there was a great group of, of great industry leaders that are still involved in industry today. So that's one thing that stayed the same, which I'm happy to say. Um, and, and it's amazing. I think back like 25 years ago, you know, for a lot of us, it began on this journey and so much has happened. Like you said, the timing of wellness right now, it's just exploding. Um, so much has happened, so much has changed, but some things have remained the same. And I would say when I thought about this, I think there's four points really for me. And the first one is why wellness? You know, that was a question back then. And I think it's a question that many clubs have now. You know, why is what wellness important to, to us in a club? And I think that, you know, the history of it, clubs started offering, traditionally it was just fitness or spa. And, you know, that's really kind of how it started. It wasn't really a full, full-blown wellness offering. Um, and, and at that time, it was somewhat controversial in many clubs. There were clubs that members said, why are we doing this? Why does wellness in, need to be in our club? Or why do we need fitness and spa when it's right down the road? And so it took a lot of clubs time, you know, to really to, to adjust the value. And I think that, um, you know, in many cases, they took a long time to vote. Uh, my club that I started with 15 years, it took before they finally, you know, said, let's let's put a little fitness center in. Um, but I think what has happened is that once it has been embraced in the club setting members said they want it they want it to be convenient to their lifestyle it really became a part a very important part of the club um and i think you know today that why question is still just as relevant because we have to present data we need to have trends and benchmarking and those things go a long way in supporting why we're making this capital investment, why members, if they don't think it's a good idea, will maybe be convinced that it is a good idea. So I think, you know, that that's one thing. Um, the other is people before buildings and programs before buildings. Absolutely. Because I think, you know, as wellness has come onto the scene, often, you know, it's more like a checklist approach. You know, let's let's put a fitness center over there and a spa over there and, you know, and it's a checklist. And wellness is not that way. We're not silos. It's very integrated. And I think that, you know, one of the reasons we're seeing so many expansions, multiple clubs have four or five expansions under their belt. Mm -hmm. And it's because they didn't do the due diligence initially to understand what the programming needs would be for their membership and then design the buildings around that to support it and with an eye on the future so that sure. it would be flexible for change and growth. So that's another thing I think that stayed um, pretty consistent. Um, the third one is uh, the club as, as a fountain of youth. I think what we found back, back in the day when we started, you know, members were older. So that was one of the reasons they said, why do we need this? Mm -hmm. But one, once you know they got involved and we had the programs in place we were finding members that you know were going off their blood, blood their blood pressure medication they were you know all of a sudden playing golf again when they had retired from the sport they had no longer been involved socially you know because they were have, battling illnesses or what have you and so literally we saw people reborn yeah. <laughs> they would, you know, on the golf course, they would come to the fitness center and the spa as part of their social engagement, you know, when they couldn't do some of these other things initially. And so it was really like, wow, you know, this, you don't have to 
do that downhill slide. There's, there's another way that you can live and the club is going to support me in that. So I think that was another, um, another big part of it. And then I think the fourth one and probably one of the most important ones is the commitment to best practices. You know, we realized very early on when we started the CSFA that there was a lot of information and a lot of support and structure for the golf professionals and the tennis professionals and the food and beverage professionals and the club management professionals. But really wellness was so new and fitness and spa so new that a lot of GMs didn't even know, you know, the requirements for a good director. So, you know, we, we knew right away we needed to establish those best practices. Um, and, and the other part of it was we knew also we had a responsibility in a private club if indeed our members could go elsewhere, that our services and offerings needed to be at least as good as, if not ideally superior to, what our members would find outside. And so we really needed to have the best information, the best programs, the best professionals. And so the association's mission was really to provide that and set those standards. You know, ironically, and we can talk about it later, but, you know, we're watching this in projected to be 2025, um, $580 billion wellness lifestyle real estate industry. Well, we were the first ones in the space. So, you know, we should be able to, with this experience under our belt, you know, really add the amenities, the programming and the services that our members need to live a well life. I love that. That's, I think two things stand out to me from what you just said. Number one, the idea of the fountain of youth um, and, and why like wellness is can provide that. But also I think that ties in with the fact that the, excuse me, the demographic of club membership is changing too. And so you're looking at what was an aging population generally trending a little bit younger. So you have a group of people who are perhaps already more active who are looking for those opportunities. Um, and I think that's just going, going to continue over the next couple of decades. Um, so creating a space that is, like you said, you know, above and beyond what they could go find down the street at a boutique gym or with a personal trainer, you know, down the block, where they're, they're already coming to the club for other things. So why not just make that experience all encompassing and give them what they are looking for there. I think that's really fantastic. And honestly, at the time, really forward thinking of, of you all who founded CSFA to be thinking in, in that regard of like, you know, we, we need to be the thing that people want <laughs> and thinking about how best practices and data plays into that as well is, is so smart. <laughs> and I what, hope we can what, carry that legacy forward. One thing that strikes me too, Kyle, is that, you know, <laughs> I, I, as you're describing it too, Lynn, there's so many wellness things out there. You've got salt therapy, you've got saunas, you've got floating chambers, you've got orange theory. Like we're in this time where um, wellness programming and wellness kind of products and services are just exploding. And that as a consumer can be really overwhelming. And so another opportunity for the club is that it distills it for you. Right. So rather than saying, what should I do? Should I be going and getting IV therapy? Should I be going to orange theory or should I be doing yoga? It's like, let the club handle that. And that's why you have to really understand your best practices and make sure that you've got a wellness director and a wellness team that really knows their stuff. 
but then they are able to distill the right kind of programming for your members individually because we know as club staff we know our members so well and so rather than saying like you know what let's not worry about IV therapy maybe that's a great thing for you and we might introduce that but I just I see it as such an opportunity to be the like wellness concierges for our members rather than them having to like go through the jungle of wellness that's out in the world right now. Absolutely. And and you touched on it too. I think, you know, it really does start with the talent, you know, and the programming. You know, you need to have very diverse programming that addresses the full spectrum of member wellness, but you need to have that director that is a visionary that stays on top of the trends, that is experienced, um, educated, and that can really put together that talented team to do just what you described. Catherine, because that that's it. I mean, I think that is the difference. Although there are other businesses now, because I think the secret's out of what we do. So, you know, <laughs> yes, you're right. You're so right. We spent so much time benchmarking other people. And I'm like, we've been benchmarked because all these other businesses now are like taking all of our stuff. But, you know, it's all good. It's all in the name of health. But the point is, is that our members are in a unique position to have literally a team of people working on their behalf. And, you know, so it is important that, you know, that our, that our programs, our staffing, that director, and then the facilities are all very in sync to be able to provide that type of coaching and, um, and services to, to our members. I think what you, Catherine, I liked what you said about like concierge, right? Like that to me, one, it's like just a fancy word, but like a nice, word. A nice yeah. fancy word, but I, I think, want a concierge. Yeah. yeah. But I think that that really gets to the heart of the idea of what makes club fitness and wellness different. Right. And perhaps that, you know, step above going to the gym or going to a spa down the street. It's, it's that there is someone there to guide you through it, to take care of all of the, like, what do I need? What do I want? That sounds interesting, but should I spend the money on it? Whatever, right? Like there's all of these questions that we're all inundated with every day when it comes to our wellness. Um, but to have that like very personal touch of the club space to take you through that is, is special. Um, so I really like the way that you, you touched on that, Catherine. Um, speaking to Catherine here, you know, you have had your finger on the pulse of club wellness since you've been working with CSFA for the last couple of years. And, you know, you've developed all these wonderful connections with wellness leaders across the country. What have you seen um, these club wellness professionals discussing, you know, whether it's in person at CSFA events or online in the Connect community? Thanks, Kyle. Well, to Lynn's point about the talent that is in this group of people, you know, you, you'd be hard pressed to find more passionate, influential, knowledgeable people about wellness than the group that was core to CSFA and is now shifting to the club wellness community. So I really get to, you know, be the witness to all of these amazing conversations and really thoughtful, um, you know, conversations about, about wellness, what we're doing for members, what's happening you know, in, in the industry. But I'd say what I see and hear from these wellness leaders really falls into two categories, daily operations and response to environmental shifts. So daily operations is the stuff that makes up the job, obviously. What equipment are you loving? What pool deck furniture are you buying? What spa service reservation system are you using? These kinds of things that 
make the job system roll. Um, but then this responsiveness to environmental shifts is more reflective of what's going on in the industry or the country or globally. Of course, during the pandemic, there was a lot of conversation about um, safety and member engagement and outdoor workout facilities and things that were in response to what was happening around around the world. Um, and now we're seeing the the rebound and sort of the re-entry, a lot of great, but also some new challenges. So staffing issues, the sort of refreshed exploration of work-life balance, people coming back and saying, what do I want my career to look like? What do I want my job to look like? And obviously our members are going through this process as well. So we're having to shift, oh, do I really wanna be on my Peloton bike at home or do I wanna come back to a cycling class with all my buddies? So, so that environmental shift of re reflecting what the members are going through, but then what the industry is, is doing too. And then I'd say there's some discussion about like the combination of these two things. So um, integrating new innovative things that are in response to this shifting um, that you want in your daily operations. So I've mentioned IV therapy before, I hear a lot of buzz about that, um, percussive massage, infrared saunas, uh, mindfulness certainly, and then sort of this next wave is on sleep. And I find this one really interesting because when you think of a club, you don't automatically think like slumber party. Um, I'm sure there are some lock-ins that happen for youth programming at some clubs, but, but how like how innovative must we be to help members have healthier sleep when they don't sleep on our property um and some clubs are doing this and there's programming that is supporting this so that kind of thing where it seems really like wild but we can incorporate it into our daily operations so this is what people are talking about super fun um and sort of the the sky is the limit here on what people are talking about yeah and to add to that Catherine, i think that you know, and you mentioned earlier, you know, how we were sort of insightful with all this. It really is based on data and research. You know, I mean, the professionals in this industry were drawing from recent in, in, industry research and medical research. And so these programs, you know, are, are not just programs that we say, hey, this will be fun. It's it really <laughs> is you know being driven by by science and by you know circadian rhythm and how important that is to our health and you know obviously movement we've known diet we've known but there's all of these other things you know our neural response to the way a building is designed how that affects our brain and our happiness there's so much incredible data and information out there and i think that goes back to the value of what was a csfa and now is the wellness community is that as professionals, you could do nothing but stay on top of the research and you would have a very busy day. That's a lot of what I do now as a consultant. But, you know, as a community, you'd have to go to 10 different conferences to really have this information. Whereas, you know, this is all, like you said earlier, distilled now where it's easily accessible, shared by professionals, what works in one club might very well work in another club, although there are cultural differences, but it's not cookie cutter. But um, but yeah, I think I think that's a really, really good point. I also think what's really awesome about um, certainly the, what were the CSFA partners, um, but now some of our sponsors and a lot of these incredible companies that are supporting club wellness, they're doing a lot of research too. <laughs> so not only are our wellness professionals understanding the trends but they are constantly working with vendors 
who yeah. are big houses of research um, and development. So, so it's a hub and spoke kind of, you know, diagram where all of this information is coming in and out from lots of different sources, which mm -hmm. is what you want. It's so much, so much great intel that I think now that we're transitioning into the club wellness community that is going to be available to CMA members. And I know one of the topics that has really come up, um, it, you know, we are seeing an enormous boom of renovation in our industry. Um, a lot of that is pent up demand and, you know, a lot, a lot of uh, side effects from COVID, but, you know, Lynn, some of the research that we've seen and some of the, the best practices we can glean are really from those who've gone before us. So, you know, what is it about, you know, the wellness and what should you know to embark to think about before you your club really embarks on that next huge capital project to make that investment in the facilities so you can yeah. add some really awesome programming right yeah absolutely i think learning from each other has been a huge part of um not replicating someone's mistakes for sure but um, i think first and foremost that it's important for club management and those decision makers and thought leaders to really understand that wellness is not just an amenity itself. It's that it's, it's not, again, like I said earlier, not a checklist item that I've got that check, that check, but it really is a, a cultural integrated concept within the club. And that it has to be woven within the complete club culture. It's not just a building on the side where one goes to work out. It really is something that should ideally, you know, be very integrated within the entire club operation, which is nice, right? It's not another amenity. It's something that really weaves the fabric of the club. And the benefit is members live happier, longer, and feel better. So that's that's the big byproduct. Um, so I think it's redefining what it means to live well and within the club and that providing well living offerings across the seven dimensions of wellness so in other words our program should really engage members environmentally physically emotionally um, socially spiritually culturally and intellectually so when we're doing our program we really take a look at all of those things and then the building should support that as well um, I, th I think the other thing we see in terms of mistake is the process. And I mentioned this earlier, rather than, you know, determining a space, like I've got that space over there, that'll be my fitness center. What can I fit inside of it? <laughs> you know, or a spa, same thing. It really is looking at your programming and saying, well, how much space do I need to be able to offer this? And calculating that once I do offer it well and right, like we've seen with all the other clubs before us, that it becomes highly utilized and chances are you're gonna need more space. So how do you pre-plan, in other words, design with the end in mind, so that you're not going back after three years, five years, eight years, and doing multiple renovations that become very time consuming to the membership, that's their club experience, and very costly to you know, the bottom line. Um, so I think those, those are definitely two of the things. I think that, um, that getting, having that director back to the director and the talent, having that director involved. And if it's a club that doesn't yet have a director, bringing in a wellness consultant. Uh, we've worked on clubs where we were working with the director hand in glove, you know, to have that outside perspective on things. But having that person at the table in the very beginning is so important. So collaborating with the GM, COO, the board, the committee, the architect, the interior design team, it really has to be that team collaborating together. The best projects I've seen have been, you know, teams that have been put together that way. Um, I also think that clubs need to recognize um, 
that where whatever they have, even if it's nothing, they are somewhere on that wellness spectrum. So we've got everyone on the far left that maybe has nothing or very little, and they're just starting out because the club itself is wellness, right? We're providing communication and connection and food and beverage and experiences. Those are all, you know, part of happiness and, and well-being. Um, so there's somewhere on it. The question is, where are you on the spectrum? And we kind of look at it as the spectrum has three parts to it. It has what we'll call an introduct introductory phase where clubs are just starting out or they maybe just have a fitness center and they're offering something for, for members, even if it's only the movement portion of it. Then we have what we call the adoption phase where clubs get it. Like the members are now pushing for it because this is something, as you mentioned earlier, Melissa, just the younger population, this is an expectation. It's not an extra thing. You know, this is what you need for your daily life. And, and our older members are, are like that now too. Um, so the adoption phase has those clubs that have multitude of different programming and facilities. They have excellent staffing, a director in place, the staffing might not be all employee. It might be some independent con contractor and employee. Um, and it may not be completely integrated. It may still be a little bit separate from other club operations. Then we have the third quadrant of the spectrum, which is really looking at um, the clubs that are the full ecosystem. They, they have multiple facilities. They're fully integrated within the club culture. And, you know, they have a professional staff and they are that go-to source that we talked about earlier for, for members wellness and they are trusted. That is kind of where we're seeing some of the more advanced clubs are in that place now. And many clubs are moving along the spectrum in that direction. Um, so identifying where a club is on that spectrum, I think, is really important. And then looking at the things we talked about earlier, you know, the research, technology, um, the trends, doing the, the competitive analysis, you know, what are other clubs offering that our members might expect when they visit another club or maybe they're multiple club members. So, you know, having that in place so that we get it right and don't have to redo it, you know, a couple late, a couple years later. And then the last point I'll make on that is that it doesn't always take a renovation and a huge capital expense to create an effective wellness program. I think the single best investment, back to that qualified director again, because many of the clubs that are on that full wellness ecosystem side of the spectrum right now started out as one small little building. It was a good director that had the vision and then you know had the tools and the network and the resources to, to evolve it. And so we really look at wellness as an evolution. And, um, you know, so if, if a club is going to do anything, I would say that's where you start. I think that ties in really well with what you said earlier. Um, I wrote it down cause it stuck with me, but people before buildings, um, I think that hits the nail on the head, but the idea of, you know, like where some of these more advanced, we'll, we'll call them <laughs> along the spectrum clubs started was with a really great person in place, not necessarily an incredible facility, but a really great person who had the vision. But then, you know, like that people before buildings idea then, and then builds outward from there of, okay, well, we're going to put our people, our members first and thinking about what kind of program we want to develop and then create the space around that instead of, you know, the other way around. So I think it's great data to work with, right? Because your members are already engaged. They know what they want. 
you know, uh, there is an educational process because sometimes members don't know what they want if they've never experienced it before. So you do have to, you know, try creative ways of introducing new things. But, you know, the members will, will I think most of the clubs I know of that have gone through multiple expansions, that's exactly how it happened. You know, they mm -hmm. just, engagement was so tremendous and there was a, such a demand that they had to respond to that. So the idea is how can we be kind of proactive with it and, and, and do all that due diligence before the investment's made and um, and that way when it opens you know members are just really ecstatic and ready to go yeah absolutely yeah, so it, it doesn't like the if you if you build it they will come it that does not work no um, you put you put a bunch of ellipticals in a room and say well i guess our members weren't interested in wellness well no they weren't interested in a room with fluorescent lights with cold equipment and nothing on the walls like that people aren't attracted to equipment they're attracted to people yeah. um and interaction. Yeah, and engagement, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. So Lynn, kind of building off of that and thinking about, you know, what are people attracted to, what kinds of things, you know, when when you said, you know, clubs have had such good engagement that they're like, okay, we got to go back and we got to think about what are our members asking for now? Like, what do we want to do next? Thinking about, you know, wellness trends, what are you hearing or seeing that clubs should be thinking about and embracing this year? Yes, this is a huge question. <laughs> I'm sure. <laughs> it's a huge question because there is, we talked about earlier, there's so much out there now. It's, it's like wellness is going warp speed. Mm -hmm. You know, there's so much going on. And so I think that is difficult for clubs. Like you can't do it all. And certainly you can't do it all at once. So, you know, how do you decide what is the right thing to do? Um, and so I'll just talk a little bit about, you know, what the trends that are out there right now and what I see more kind of being the really relative ones initially with, with clubs. Um, I think that first I'll say that during COVID, you know, club members did turn to their club as their safe haven and it was their trusted environment for their healthy lifestyle like they felt safer there and yep. i think a lot of what we're seeing in clubs is kind of an extension of that um i think that you know looking at acsm um trends that come out like they were just released um the recent spa trends were just released the global wellness trends were just released those are all very important to keep an eye on but it, again it is a progression so you can't do it all you know overnight it's very overwhelming um so i think some of the, the trends we're seeing in clubs that are big this year that are again an extension of the covid sort of coming out of covid that have still stuck are um the the uh, outdoor experience i think sure. you know, the outdoor fitness connecting with nature um we're seeing sort of outdoor experience being a really great solution especially for those clubs that are limited in space right yeah, for sure. um you know it's like the next frontier because they might not have more built environment that they right. can utilize you've got to do something somewhere and the plus is you're doing it outdoors where you have all these incredible benefits of being in nature um the other flip of that is bringing the outdoors in so you know taking that biophilic design nature how do you incorporate that into your interior setting so that members feel those benefits you know and there's lots of ways that designers and and architects and um can, can create that and get that same feeling in the member experience um the next big one i think that is very doable is um recovery areas and mm. Catherine talked about this a little bit earlier um you know 
part of our core spaces in a fitness center have always has always been having, you know, apart from your cardio, your strength, your circuit, your functional training area, which was, you know, relatively new about 15 years ago, 20 years ago. Now you wouldn't build a, a facility without it. Um, but having that recovery area apart from or adjacent to your stretch and mobility area. In other words, stretch and mobility gives you the space for stretch and movement and all of that. But the recovery is can be combined with that, but it's also a little bit different. It's a space that is now being utilized for a lot of different things and where a lot of tech is being introduced. Mm -hmm. So that's where we're looking at, you know, harnessing the power of technology, vibration therapy, um, the anti-inflammatory that our members need, you know, especially post-workout or post-sport. They're coming off the golf course or they're coming off the tennis courts. Um, so the Norma Tech compression boots, the Hydra massage, the cryo lounge, hyperice vibration therapy, meditation pods, you know, there's a lot of these types of things that can be introduced into that space. And also addressing those other components, not just movement, but now bringing in sort of that relaxation, mind, body, brain activity and relaxed stress reducing into, into the equation. Um, small group training, taking it out of the studio, back to that orange theory, making it visible on the fitness floor, right? Mm -hmm. So you're getting that high intensity training, not necessarily in a studio with four walls, but where other members walking on the treadmill are watching it going on. And so it really encourages that member engagement. It's yeah. great utilization space as well. Um, I think the performance training is continuing to grow, you know, supporting our athletes and, you know, club um, and sport enthusiasts for golf, tennis, pickleball, um, and prevention of injury because mm -hmm. we don't want our members to, you know, to get injured. So that kind of piggybacks in with our physical therapy clinics and that's also just a very strong and great complementary part of co of programming um multi-function space we talked about earlier just things that aren't so dedicated to one thing that you can mm -hmm. use for a variety of different things just gives us flexibility uh another thing that i'm really seeing is the lounge and social seating areas within the fitness area so you know we're finding that the fitness center and spa has become like a second and third clubhouse for the members. So they're not just going and walking on the treadmill and leaving anymore. You know, they're spending a lot of time there. They're socializing. So, you know, designing the environment. So it makes it very conducive for members to kind of hang out and just be there and, and socialize in that setting. Um, the nutrition bar that, you know, meals again, back to like evidence-based with our lifestyle and longevity you know, what we eat and how we fuel our bodies plays a very big role in our overall health. Um, you know, we're talking about epigenetics. Like, we do have the control over yep. our genes. It isn't a predestined that we're going to have Alzheimer's just because our parents did or diabetes. You know, we have certain things that we are able to control through the lifestyle. So nutrition is a huge part of it. Um, you know, being able to not only integrate that from, you know, the, the dining venues within the club, but also what's available within the wellness center itself. You know, is it convenient? Are the grab and go items something that's going to benefit the members? Um, it just, it's making the healthy choice, the convenient choice right. for the members. And then I would say, um, cause there's so many, but just to add a couple other ones, the contrast therapy is huge. Um, that can be accomplished a couple different ways, but the research coming out of that and the health benefits, um, you know, if, if facilities are fortunate enough to plan hydrothermal areas, 
then that's a wonderful way and a great experience for members. Um, so we're talking about, you know, the, the sauna, either the, the finished sauna or the infrared sauna, mm-hmm. steam aromatherapy, chromotherapy, and then combining that with our cold plunge and, you know, some of the other, it can be a dilute shower if you don't have enough room for a plunge. There's a lot of different ways to do it, but the contrast therapy is just a huge growing, growing um, and very evidence-based modality. Um, I think the other thing, and this is again coming out of COVID, is that high touch meets high tech. Mm. So in other words, well, on the fitness side of things, we had the live spin class transition to the Peloton, right? And when when we had COVID, it was the, the spa treatments, those touch therapies that we love so much and are so healing and beneficial. You know, we had to shut that down for a bit. So transitioning to touchless modalities, that would make the member comfortable, but still provide some great health benefits. Now we're seeing some clubs remaining with a combination of the two. Mm-hmm. So in other words, the technology isn't going to replace the value of the touch, but can we provide a lot of well-rounded experiences by offering a combination of both? And by the way, maybe it has a staffing benefit because not every service requires a professional to deliver it. So there's a lot of considerations there. Um, you know, I could go on. There's just so many. Things. I guess the very last thing I would say that's on the frontier and horizon that, that directors should really be, um, and I'm sure are paying attention to, is what's happening in the outside sector with these wellness clinics and, you know, on the radar is really these longevity and hyper wellness offerings, you know, that are really, you know, people are realizing that um, if we're going to live longer, we better feel good. Yep. So it's not just about living a long time. We want to be very vital in, in our lifestyle for a long time. So what, kind of biohacking things are out there that can be introduced besides, you know, the traditional methodologies that we've been using that really could make a difference um, in the long run for members. So those are kind of on the radar, you know, sort of like med spa therapies on the radar for taking our facials to the next level. Mm -hmm. This is type of, you know, question, you know, how much clubs want to get involved in that side of things. Um, But it's a pretty strong case when you say you can prevent or slow an onset of, some of these disease processes and make a real difference. I mean, talk about membership value, right? Yeah, no kidding. I mean, <laughs> the idea of epigenetics in general is like something that's really, really fascinating to me. Um, but I, what I'm taking away from all of these trends is that what's really on the horizon is the more holistic approach to wellness in the club. It's not just what equipment can we buy, you know, what tools can we purchase? It's how can we continue incorporating wellness in all aspects of the club in and outside of the fitness center? Um, how are all of these things connected and how are we best serving our members to, to give them a space where that wellness is incorporated for them everywhere they turn, you know, and I, and I think that's fantastic. And I'm really excited to see, you know, what, what comes next, um, in this space because it's exciting. Yeah, and I will say that, I'm sorry, just what you mentioned is so important too, because that is something that we paid attention to back in the beginning as well, that you look at it as a circle of care, right? All the different aspects of wellness are are within this circle of care, but not every member is gonna gravitate towards the whole thing. Right. You know, they'll 
through, through a portal, a portal typically, you know, mm -hmm. it'll be one thing. It might be a smoothie at the juice bar, but whatever it is to get them in the door where it becomes then a journey, it becomes a mm -hmm. process of discovery. And that's where your talented, educated, qualified, engaging staff takes over. You know, it, it, it is, it is helping them to, to live better and live well. Totally. I mean, like you're, you're meeting your members where they are on their own fitness and wellness journey. Um, by, by having that more holistic approach, it, it creates more points of entry. Um, instead of, you know, you're talking to well-established athletes who already feel great and just want to go in and get their, their miles in or whatever it might be. Like there's everyone else is on a, is a different spot on their journey. So like, how can we incorporate them and how can we welcome them into this process? I love that. I also think it's important to know that, like you keep saying, Lynn, it's an evolution. Mm -hmm. And so the members themselves are evolving and the club culture is evolving. And I was just listening to another podcast, actually, and it was talking about how the science shows we, we never see a plant grow. We can like see it. It's not a bulb, you know, one day and then the next day you come out and there's a tulip. But we don't witness that or we don't see our small children grow it's so incremental that you can't see it but over time you say oh my gosh now i have a one-year-old <laughs> and um i think this is the same with integrating wellness that we can't expect that okay you put in the juice bar and you put in some technology and all of a sudden you know your members are living to 120. it will happen over time but i think if you start to look at that data and start kind of tracking you'll you'll look in a year two years and start saying the membership feels different. Something is more vital um, and vibrant at our club. So, it, it, you know, you put all of this wellness in the whole club, the whole community is going to find more well-being. Right. And, you know, there's a thing called episomes, too, where we are a sum total of all of those daily choices, all of our exposures on a daily basis. You know, where we live, work and play is going to impact our health. And so, you know, giving the I think our responsibility as clubs, if we're going to be a premier lifestyle setting for our members is it's our obligation to give them choices that are going to help them to make those choices easy for them that are going to be beneficial in, in incremental doses. Like you said, it might not happen all at once, but all these little choices and all these little decisions, all these little lifestyle options are going to add up over time. Mm -hmm. And that's what ultimately we'll see, you know, five, 10 years, 20 years in a member's life. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, really, I just, for those, for those listening, I just mimed my head exploding in like a great way. So there you go. That's what you'd miss when you don't get to watch the videos of our recordings. <laughs> it's all of the faces you know I make. I like to see them. <laughs> um, that, I have, yeah. I have a, a personal question though for Lynn. Oh, do ask. We just please. have to know. You're you're around all of these, and so am I, but you really are around all of these amazing modalities. What is your personal favorite that supports your well-being that you do take that you do? Of all of the modalities? Yes. Ooh, that's a tough question because it's so all-encompassing. I would say, okay, I will answer it this way because I think the simplest things are the most beneficial because they're the things that will help you on it again make that choice. My my word of the year is choice. I like it. Because at every moment we have a choice, right? So 
I would say that from a movement modality, it's by far walking because I think it's just the thing that you can do anywhere. Anyone can do it. There's no barrier to entry. And, and you know, it is something that you can do all over the world, inside, outside. Um, I think yoga is a practice that is so beneficial in so many ways in terms of maintaining, you know, your health and your, and, and your vitality and mobility. Um, I, I, and then I think the relaxation modalities, there's nothing that beats a great massage, you know, just that whole connection of, of mind and body and throw in a little aromatherapy and it's, it's just heavenly. Um, but I will say a lot of the contrast therapy things now I'm just finding super beneficial as well, because I'm, I'm moving along in my, I'm, I'm, I'm we, we jokingly say I'm the age of my numbers when I first started. <laughs> For those of you who don't know, Lynn, Her Lynn Hearn looks like she's 25. So whatever she <laughs> is doing is working. I think she also wears sunscreen. Well, <laughs> yes, everyone should wear, that's another one. Wear your sunscreen, everyone. Um, those contrast therapies are no joke. Like yeah. for sure, if, if you're, I'm not even gonna say if you're an athlete, but like for sure, if you're an athlete, anyone can benefit from doing like hot, cold contrast therapy because it, your muscles feel so much better. You recover faster. Um, your joints can feel better. It's, it's wild. And it's so weirdly simple that it would just be like, Oh, I need to go get really warm and then go get really cold. And that's it. It's weird. I think we need to offer this to our amazing like food and beverage and events banquets people at the club after a really long like wedding um, or, you know, golf tournament or something. We need to get those folks <laughs> off their feet and into a cryo chamber. Yeah, probably. <laughs> very, very true. All right. We're going to wrap things up. This has been a wonderful conversation. I feel like we could probably keep diving into everything wellness related um, just because it's such a uh, dynamic space and so many things are happening. Um, unfortunately we all have limited time and things to do and, and conferences to plan. Um, but we wanted to wrap things up circling back to the club wellness community with you, Catherine, can you just give us a quick reminder on where our listeners can find resources on club wellness and then how they can subscribe to the club wellness community. And then also, are there things going on at World Conference that are wellness related? So glad you asked. Yes. Okay. So um, take note of this. If you navigate to cmaa.org under the membership tab, you'll see a drop down and it says communities. So you can learn, you click on that, and then you can learn all about the club wellness community. Sidebar, you'll also see our recently launched communications community which is very exciting. Um, but that's where our, our communities will live. And when you click on the wellness community, you'll see a button for subscribe. You'll see a calendar of our upcoming events. We've got some webinars coming up. Um, and as a reminder, if you are a current CMAA member, you simply fill out that subscription form, say I'm a CMAA member, and your subscription is included in your CMAA membership dues. If you aren't a CMAA member, we still want you, we love you, and um, we just want to take $100 um, for <laughs> you to join uh, the community to subscribe. So um, obviously, if there's any issues with that or you need more information, you can find me. Um, 
And then I do want to just put a little save the date out there for our inaugural club wellness summit, which of course is the next iteration of the CSFA annual summit. Um, this will be in Alexandria, Virginia, July 15th through 18th. Um, so we're really excited to bring everybody together. We'll have vendors, we'll have club tours, maybe even a pool party. Uh, so it'll be a great opportunity for all of our amazing subscribers and CMA members to come together around club wellness. And then lastly, as Kyle mentioned, the club wellness community is going on the road to Orlando for Worlds Conference. We're so excited. Um, if you like the things that Lynn just mentioned, meaning yoga with a little massage and some essential oils, some aromatherapy, um, the club wellness community will, putting on, will be putting on um, three different yoga classes for our morning workouts. Um, you'll see the calendar on the CMA website. Um, and I'm happy to announce that I am one of the instructors. <laughs> so uh, we will be uh, doing some yoga and some adjustments. That'll be super Fun. We're going to be doing one restorative yoga class. So for all of those conference muscles, like your back and your feet and your brain, um, we'll give you an opportunity to relax and restore those. Um, and then also we've got some education. We've got a panel um, discussion on Saturday afternoon. Uh, and then I'm really excited to share, we have the Club Wellness Challenge. Um, so again, you can find more information about this on the website about conference, but you basically are going to be, um, if you've registered for conference, you're already registered for the challenge. You get to participate in lots of different wellness activities, whether it's walking, like Lynn will be doing, drinking a glass of water, checking in on a friend, taking one of our yoga classes, all of those um, avenues to wellness. We have point values for each of those activities, and we've got some prizes for whoever racks up the most points. Challenge accepted. Oh, I know Kyle. <laughs> so we all know Kyle's a little a touch competitive. So, what? no, um, no <laughs> not at all. You can be competing with Kyle and have no fear if you're not able to come to conference, you can still participate virtually. There you go. See, low barriers to entry. We're, we're making our, this accessible for all people. You walk by yourself. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> walk by yourself. You can drink a glass of water. We can, we can. Do your therapy. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. and we all get like approximately 1 million steps when we're at conference anyways, whether, you know. It's, you're ahead of the game. Or, yeah, you're mm -hmm. ahead of the game. So there we go. Right. Well, Lynn and Catherine, this has been incredible. Thank you so much for giving us your time today and sharing your wealth of knowledge. Um, we are really looking forward to the future of the club wellness community. Uh, I think it's going to be a great opportunity um, to keep keep the efforts of what was CSFA um, moving forward and uh, keep keep our fingers on the pulse of what's going on in the wellness world. So thank you both so much, and uh, we'll talk to you again soon. Okay, so that was a great conversation. As we mentioned, you know, there's a lot of things to cover and a lot of exciting stuff going on um, with communities at CMAA. Um, before we sign off for this episode, Melissa and I wanted to remind you all that you can learn more about these communities on CMAA's website. Uh, Catherine mentioned it, but I'll mention it again. If you go to cmaa.org and you head over to the membership tab, underneath that drop down, you should see an option that says communities. 
You can click that and that will take you right to the landing page and you can learn more about Club Wellness Community and the other newest addition to that page, which is the Communications Community. Melissa, do you want to tell Yay. us, our listeners, just a teeniest <laughs> bit about the Communications Community? Sure. So um, in addition, uh, launched this month, the new Communications uh community. And this is really designed for individuals working at clubs in that club communications, the club marketing roles, uh, really as a platform to connect, uh, to network, to share best practices. So there's an amazing online component powered through CMA Connect, but it's also uh, an exciting opportunity for education and the key mark the key event will be the communication summit coming up in Houston in March. Yes. We are we are working on putting together another wonderful summit for our attendees. Uh, Melissa and I will be attending that event. So if you're a listener and you want to come hang out with us, I definitely recommend registering for the summit. Uh, we are already up to what 70 some 70 odd attendees, attendees. Um, and it sold out last year and we're hoping that we get another sellout event this year so if you've been on the fence uh, about it or you're you're not sure register ASAP we have um, some great education planned if you're looking for that information if you're curious about what types of education you're going to get at this event uh, you can head over to our website and check that out all of those education sessions are online and you can read a little bit more about what we have planned Um, but as Melissa said we'll be in Houston Texas we're going to be visiting a couple of the great clubs in that area and we're really looking forward to it you know so we've got a lot on our plates planning world conference and then the communication summit right after Um, but we are really excited about all the good things to come um, in the future from this. So I think that wraps us up for this episode. It was very focused, but we are hard at work on our next episode already. Then you can look forward to a know before you go um, behind the scenes kind of view of World Conference. Uh, This is always a very popular episode for us. And we'll be chatting with a lot of our colleagues here at CMA headquarters and sharing um, all of the need to know information with conference attendees, um, you know, stuff that's new and exciting and maybe some tips and tricks for for even those old hats who are real familiar. So uh, stay tuned and we'll be back later this month with that. But until then, I'm Kyle. That's Melissa. Thank you so much for listening to Let's Talk Club Management. We'll talk to you soon. Bye. Take care. Let's Talk Club Management podcast is a podcast of the Club Management Association of America. Since 1927, CMAA has been the largest professional association for managers of membership clubs throughout the U.S. and internationally. The objectives of the association are to promote relationships between club management professionals and other similar professions, to encourage the education and advancement of members, and to provide the resources needed for efficient and successful club operations. Under the covenants of professionalism, education, leadership, and community, CMAA continues to extend its reach as the leader in the club management practice. CMAA is headquartered in Alexandria, Virginia, with more than 40 professional chapters and more than 40 student chapters and colonies. Please learn more at www.cmaa.org org.